I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this Thursday before Christmas? All things considered, not bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're feeling a little under the weather. Weird, because two days ago, I was feeling awesome. Then all of a sudden... You're a little over the weather. I'm over the weather. (laughs) Now you're over it. Yeah, now I'm over it, for sure. Yeah, it has been quite the change here in the Central Valley. We've gone pretty cold pretty fast. And that might be why the weather change... Yep, the weather changes definitely don't help with uh, feeling good. I know some people enjoy the cold, but I take a little more time to acclimate to this cold weather. Well, I do. That's why I wear shorts every day. Yeah, I think the other day Devin saw you wearing pants and he knew that it was going to be a cold day. Yes, that's fact. (laughs) So where are we going to go? We're going to go all over this world. Let's go. But let's start with California. Previously on this podcast, we talked about CHP officers who were accused of bilking overtime. And it turns out that the vast majority of them have reached a settlement that will allow them to have the charges dismissed if they pay back the money that was considered stolen well so they get to keep their careers they get to keep their careers very interesting yeah so they did this from 2016 to 2018 it was more than 50 officers at the chp east la station and they participated in a scheme to steal taxpayer money by padding hours and an investigation found that the group received more than $360,000 in fraudulent overtime pay. That's kind of like those officers you see sitting on the side of the road, right? Just, yes. So just collecting a check? There's a special fund for those officers who basically sit there and watch to the construction workers. And that was a part of what they were, what it was claimed that they had bilked money from. And that would work out to approximately $7,200 per officer if all things are even and averaged 50 officers, $360,000. That would be $7,200 that they each stole. But apparently, uh, oh, and by the way, this comes from your motor vehicle fund. So fees, uh, California collects for vehicle registration. And apparently some supervisors were even aware of this scheme. Amazing that somebody in law enforcement is trying to be a little bit crafty when they should be honest. Right. How do you keep society honest if you're not honest yourself? Roger that. Read an article a little while ago when I said a little while ago couple days ago a highway patrol commander from california her husband was found dead i believe in oh man kentucky i think and then she ended up dead too like two months later really yes so did she do it or were they both killed i think they were both killed that's crazy that's really crazy in yeah. other California news, that's know? America. Yeah. In other California news, it turns out that California is being overwhelmed by an immigration crisis. Our president says there's no crisis. Right. And California is a sanctuary state. They've always said that they welcome the undocumented. And it seemed like they welcomed them at any stage, whether they were newly crossing or having been in California for years, so I don't understand how it's just not something that we need to, that's a solution. Why do you need everybody else's money? If you're a sanctuary, you should be able to take care of yourself. Yes, self-sufficient. But um, California isn't the only one saying that it's a crisis. Apparently, 
Colorado starting to say that it's a crisis. Chicago slash Illinois, same thing. New York, I don't think they've said it's crisis mode yet, but they have started to say there are too many people, even when it is a very small number of people that are coming to these locations in comparison to the total border problem. Right. El Paso has a big problem. Yes, El Paso has a big problem. And it also turns out that the federal government is suing Arizona to stop them from putting shipping containers up as a wall. So if you try to protect your own state, the federal government in which there isn't a crisis will stop you from being able to protect yourself. To protect yourself and your citizenry, which is what these duly elected officials are there to do. Yes, it's what they're uh, there to do. And it, it again, going from California to crisis to just a general immigration issue, it turns out that ICE has been underreporting the number of illegal immigrants released without tracking technology. And apparently they underreported by over 18,000%. Is that because we don't have the trackers or? They weren't giving them the phones and provided they could have actually had the number of phones and ankle monitors that they needed, but maybe not all in the correct locations. Um, Or they just, it is possible they just didn't have them in general. But it turns out that ICE finally admitted that they have been um, releasing or has released, sorry, 49,459 illegal immigrants without any tracking whatsoever. But in their public-facing website where they were reporting the information, they said that there were only 266 released. So that's a huge discrepancy. Uh, That's a big number. Really big number. There again, why do they lie? Yeah, well, then they just get called in front of Congress to talk about it, but Congress is the one that doesn't want them to admit that there's a problem, so why are they supposed to? Right, and Congress, even though they have oversight, is powerless to do anything. They can call people before the committees and try to embarrass them. Right. They have no power. Well, Congress, well, speaking of Congress and having power or having no power, the January 6th committee just concluded... And it likely concluded because the Democrats lost um, the House and it was a House committee in hearing. And they have recommended that Donald Trump be charged on three different charges, four different charges, four, uh, different, four different charges, four different charges. And it turns out that those recommendations just have no teeth because the DOJ would need to be the one that charged and arguably they should have been investigating as a side, like they need to have their own investigation. So Congress was wasting our taxpayer money when it was the DOJ that should have been doing it. Now they could be doing it, but should have been doing it the whole time. Well, it's because they want their five minutes of fame before the cameras, even though they're congressmen. So they have fame pretty much. But uh, the four charges are obstructing an official procedure of Congress conspiracy to defraud the federal government, making a false statement, and inciting, assisting, or aiding and comforting the insurrection. The committee's unprecedented criminal referral holds no official legal weight, but the final determination of whether to pursue the charges will be up to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Politically, though, I can see him going after Trump. Well, it's because he hates him. But it should have been him the whole time. Like, stop wasting our money and grandstanding and doing everything, I guess, that Congress is there to do. That's what they like to do, grandstand. So in other political news, we have been seeing drop after drop, now known as Twittergate. Twittergate. Twittergate and... The White House responded to Twitter with regards to um, the FBI and other government actors being involved in suppressing the freedom of speech, along with trying to 
aid Hunter Biden and actively assist him in not having his uh, lying, cheating, stealing, whatever you want to call it, having his ways put out to the public. And the government response, or at least the White House response to that, is the revelations are old news, therefore let's just move on. Well, we shouldn't move on because it all goes right back to the hierarchy in the Biden family, which is Joe and his brother. Quid pro Joe? Yes. Absolutely. Well, it turns out that the FBI sent election-related posts. They had 80 officers, 80, 80 officers assigned to take down memes because in some cases they are finding that that's what the officers were attempting to have taken down, some silly meme that nobody was taking seriously and sometimes on accounts that had almost no following. But it wasn't mine <laughs> that I know of, but maybe I should look at No, I didn't have Twitter. Um, or I had Twitter, but the thing that I did with it was use it to contact companies if I was having like customer service issues. Sometimes calling the 1-800 numbers didn't really work. So I'd actually tweet them, and I found that it was a great way of getting to customer care. Even the California DMV at one point did a good job with it, not at every point, but at one point did a good job with it, and so did a car rental company here in town. I was having um, an issue. I accidentally left something in a vehicle, and I know that it was my bad, and I called up, or I, sorry, I tweeted the company saying, hey, I can't get a hold of anyone locally. Can you help me? And they were right on it, got a hold of someone, and I got the item back. So it was really, it can be a really good thing. But a meme that nobody really cares about, I don't understand why the FBI would have been focusing on that. I know. You know how many agents they have? Special agents? Spe- like, you're not talking about the 80 that were assigned. You're talking- no. No, I don't. 7,800. So they were using over 1% of their staff. So I would assume then that they have staff within Facebook and some of the other social media sites. And they probably infiltrated True Social. Yes, I I suppose. You know, and and it starts out positive. They, They have good intentions, but then their political views skew their thought process, and then they go way off the rails. So sticking with, though, political and political party, let's talk about affiliation, because something that's come up shortly after the recent election cycle are people who are swapping parties, either right after they've been reelected, or maybe they're in the middle of their term. What say you on a person swapping parties either right after they're elected or in the middle of their having been elected to either a Democrat or Republican? Well, I can understand their thought process and how they want to swap parties because they're not happy with the current party they're in. But I do strongly believe that they should not be allowed to do it until the next election cycle because their constituents voted for the D or the R based on what their... Um, what's the proper term, how they... Like their ideals? Yes, their ideas and the belief system and how they portrayed themselves when they were running for office. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the the switcheroo. I mean, if you feel that you are no longer of that party, I do believe you are entitled to switch. That's one of the good things about our country. If you look at individuals over time, some of them have swapped... And then attempted to run again off of the new party. And we just saw... Tulsi Gabbard? Yeah, so we just saw Tulsi Gabbard switch from Democrat to Independent, but she wasn't currently holding any elected office. And now we have um, Cinema from Arizona. She's decided to switch to Independent. Yeah, I've watched a lot of folks swap parties <clears throat> Excuse me, over the years. And I've always thought it wasn't the right that they should wait like we talked about, till the end of their term, and then try it. Problem is, a lot of them don't get reelected when they swap parties. Probably because their people feel betrayed, or they were from a heavy Democrat or heavy Republican area anyway, so they weren't 
they weren't going to get the vote if they switched. And we have a congressman in California down by Bakersfield that's in a heavily Democrat area. He's a Republican, and he got reelected again. So it's interesting how close some of these elections were here in California and in other places. So a recount in Iowa. So let's start with Iowa first because I actually have a couple. But a hand recount flips an Iowa legislative race to Republicans by a razor-thin victory. So a second recount was done in an Iowa House race and found that a Republican candidate won by 11 votes, and it flipped the initial result, which showed the Democrat leading. And, of course, that's controversial itself. Like, how do you get it wrong and it flips the seat? How do you get it by 11 votes? Yes. Well, in Georgia, going back to a podcast, a couple podcasts ago, we talked about a a missing... um, memory card and so once they got that memory card then it it ended up flipping the seat the other way now in this case it happened to be electronic versus hand counting flipped the seat and I I personally find that a little bit troubling that it I mean it should be good so what is the margin of error that we are saying is okay and some of these seats are ultra close I mean, that 11 is extraordinarily. 11 votes, that's extraordinarily close. Holy cow. Yes. And so she ended up winning by 11. But I just have, I, I have concerns about our system when the numbers ran the first time, looked one way, and then ran the second time, looking, looked another way. And it was the electronic versus the paper. Once they ran the paper and hand counted, it looked different. So that means that the electronic votes didn't register correctly when they electronically counted. We saw the same type of deal here in California. As far as an ultra-close race, there was a local California Senate race in which a Republican is calling for a recount. And in this particular case, the recount was, or sorry, they're calling for the recount. It was a 20-vote margin. Of 136,000 votes cast. The one in Ohio, there was about 10,000 or so votes that were cast total. So now we have a 20-vote margin off of 136,000 votes cast. Keep voting until you get the result you want. Keep counting. And apparently it's the one of the closest in California history. So 20 votes, that's pretty close. That is very close. So we see a lot of these, not just close ones, but when the recount starts to flip things a different way, it just worries me. Well, it does, and it it bothers people both ways, whether you're Republican or Democrat, because when they flop towards Republicans, the Dems get upset, and when it flops towards Democrats, the Republicans get upset. There has to be a way to fix this to where it's more accurate and we don't have to count and recount and recount and recount doesn't do anything but upset people so one of the last bits of election news that i have is that carrie lake of arizona is suing because of how the election was handled there in arizona and she is suing katie hobbs who is currently the individual who is said to have won uh, the governorship there in arizona but who is also in the position of overseeing the election with her current position. Overseeing and certifying the election. Yes, and uh, there were so many problems of machines going down, not being counted, the wrong paper. There there was a lot to be noted. And um, the judge said that the lawsuit can go forward, so we will be seeing what happens there in Arizona. Absolutely, and I don't know why the county commissioner's officer whoever regulates that didn't pull her and put someone else in there to count the votes doesn't make sense why she got to oversee her own election or possible non-election but oversee the election and like i said she was able to certify it so a former new york teacher was fired from her job she went to court because she injected the covid vaccine into one of her students at her house 
and the student told the parents. Well, the judge has gone on and basically turned it into a misdemeanor from a felony. Given her, I believe it's 100 days. 100 hours. Or 100 100 hours of community service. And if she fulfills that, then they'll make the misdemeanor go away. Yes, and she has a no contact order with the student. Because apparently it was her student and she personally knew this kid. Right. Um, it apparently she had asked a, uh, pharmacy pharmacist, I believe, but someone at the pharmacy, if she could have a vial for a Christmas project that she was doing. And apparently the claim is that they gave her expiring vaccines. And then whilst at her house, she apparently decided to give a vaccine cause she, I, must have had a needle too. I don't know if it came loaded in a syringe, if that's how it worked. But then she went to give it to the her student slash someone she knew. They charged her with a felony, and multiple I believe, but one of the felonies was the fact that she was practicing medicine. Without online. a license. And they've dropped that charge and now it's just a misdemeanor that she can get dismissed. She must have pled her case really well. She had a good lawyer. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know Joe Biden is a compulsive liar? No, you don't say. I thought he was a truth sayer. No, he's been telling whoppers since he was in his early 20s. They've caught him on video more times than I think we have actual time to watch video. <laughs> well, I think it was recently that he claims he gave his uncle a purple heart. His uncle got a Purple Heart from his service in World War II. Okay, it was World War II, and he claims that he had given it to him. His uncle was dead nine years before he claimed to have given it to him. Yep, another whopper from Joe Biden. I don't know why. Why do these people have to embellish so much? Yeah, apparently he claimed that his uncle fought in the Battle of the Bulge and ultimately presented said Purple Heart to him. But as you just said, why is it... One, why does he feel the need to compulsively lie? It's got to be a mental medical condition that he feels the need that he has to compulsively lie about everything. And then when it's not enough, he just repeats the lie, I guess, hoping people will eventually Everything that comes out of his mouth, I guess, unfortunately. But... It's almost like he doesn't think he has any sort of record to stand on, so he has to make up a record. For a guy who's been in public office for five decades, he should have some truthful stories that he can turn to. Would that be 50 years? Yes. He's been around a long time. He has been. That would make him like 80. He old. Yeah, he is. He's old. So we used Oldest, to, whitest man. Yeah, we used to travel to Hawaii quite often. Yes, and due to COVID, not often enough recently. Yes, and unfortunately, a couple was snorkeling on the island of Maui, and apparently the wife, who was 60 years old, was bit and taken by a shark. And I believe it, there was a statement that the husband also fought off a shark and then he was heading towards shore, and that's when he realized his wife wasn't there. But maybe I misread that. Yeah, well, there was a lot of misinformation, according to the news article. And he looked for her, could not find her, and that's when he thought he saw a shark. Oh, so he never so, fought off a shark. That was not, a part of the not misinformation. Not what I read, Okay. No. Well, there was, so something to to know is the time of year pushes sharks either up closer to the islands or farther away from the islands or natural kind of swimming cycles. And then sometimes storms, like big, big storms, can push sharks into um, the band of the islands. And so you end up with more shark attacks than normal or even more shark sightings than normal. But Hawaii has been experiencing some very turbulent weather. To say the least. To say the least. So not only was there this shark attack. So I'm going to walk back what I said because it appears that I I got part of the misinformation. Um, but in the turbulent weather scene, there was a like life flight type medical helicopter 
or sorry, medical um, plane that was flying from Maui to the Big Island, and it they lost radar contact, and they have not been able to find this plane. And then within the same time frame, there is a a huge um, turbulent or a huge turbulence situation on a Hawaiian Airlines flight that sent almost a dozen people to the hospital. And I know some friends who are there, they're dealing with a lot of um, washouts and downpours, and they saw, I believe, a tornado and, um, like, boats that were flipped up onto the shore. So they are going through quite a lot right now, weather-wise. Yeah, so back to a marine biologist is thinking that the sharks are either pupping right now or they were feeding. And I believe the time of day that you choose to go out can have an impact on when the sharks may attack. 100%. As we know, when we were there once um, after we got out of the water. In 2013. We got out of the water and a young girl from... California, I believe. I believe she was from California, was bitten in the leg and she bled out before she got to the hospital. Yeah, a no, it might she might not have been from California. I believe oh, she her was from res- Germany. Her rescuer yeah. was actually from California. Yeah, she was from Germany. Yeah, everybody was fleeing and the rescuer just he just decided to go for it and help try to help her out. Yeah, very cool. What's Title 42? So Title 42 of the US Code is the it's the law, it's the code that they're using to say that there is a health problem that would prevent people from being able to cross the border. So they're using it to stop people because right now we have a public health emergency. Uh, we still have a declared emergency federally and in California. I believe Gavin Newsom has his out till February of next year, but we have a public health emergency, and when that is ongoing, you can stop people from crossing the border. Okay, well, it's uh, set to end here pretty soon. Yes, it is set to expire. They were going to allow the the current cycle to expire. Well, apparently that uh, is not a good thing, according to folks in Texas and Arizona and other states. There's going to be a run-up of people coming across the border more than we've seen so far, which for the month of October was 245,000. I believe that's pretty close to the right number. Yeah, it's... So whether you agree with it or not, it's a part of the health code, and they're using that. Trump put it into place, and Biden was letting it expire but it was first put in in 1944, and it allows the government to prevent the introduction of individuals during certain public health emergencies. So they are able to say people can't cross who wish to cross. So did Trump put that in place on the advice of Dr. Fauci? I don't know that he put it in place on the advice of Dr. Fauci. That would be interesting to look up. Yes, it would. Because then a Biden should still be listening to, well, Fauci's gone, right? Yes, he yeah, retired so. this month. But they can still call him up on the phone. I'm sure they have a cell phone number. Hey, what do you think? Yeah, so they're they're just calling it another one of Trump's anti-immigration policies. Now, when I was working for immigration and Trump was elected to office um, and then his figureheads get put in, you know, put in, there's the head of the Department of Homeland Security and head of USCIS. And when everybody gets appointed, um, they come in and, and then they start shaping the way they want things to go. In Trump's case, his appointed people said, I want you to put aside all of your policy memos, get out your law books and go with whatever the law says. So if there's a law on it, it's already been decided. We already have it on record the courts have already upheld it a certain way. Go with whatever the law says. And that was, and then don't go with people's opinions, just go with the law. And so I know a lot of people did not like Trump and did not like what he did, but he literally had his people say, go by the law. 
follow your own laws that you passed and put in place. Yes. So if Congress doesn't like it, Congress is the one that can pass, make and pass laws, and then the president can can choose to sign sign them. Yes. It's amazing, though. Every four, just say we have a four-year cycle, and a president doesn't win re-election. So it's one group or the other every four years. You could never get anything done. No. Because it's a continuous cycle of one party in, one party out. One party in, one party out. Especially if they're not following the law. And that is true. Then they all just get on their little soapboxes and they try to say that they're the ones that are there for change, but they never actually do anything about it. Or they end up supporting the the thing they claim not to like. Because we have laws that get put into place when you have like multi-part packages so okay we'll give joe over here what he wants if you give billy over there what he wants and jane's gonna get a little you know a little bit of what she wants and so we end up with all these mishmash laws as well instead of having our congress do a one and done like one law pass it one at a time that's it you don't get to scratch everybody's back in a package and not know what's in it isn't it amazing that this crypto whiz who's been arrested and brought going to be brought back to the states? Bankman Fried, yes, Sam Bankman Fried, was a huge donor to the Democratic Party. Millions of dollars. He was the second biggest number donor. Number two, mm-hmm. George Soros was number one. And this guy was number two, and his parents have been in political circles for a long time, and he used his stolen money. And now they're saying, or to, he used his stolen money to support all of these Democrat candidates. And when asked if they're going to give the money back, they all just started going like, I don't know. Don't yeah, see, and that's, that's okay raising money like that if it's legit and above board. But if it's not, they should return it. Absolutely. Return it to who? I don't know, but return it. Yes, so another big thing that's been going on in the immigration world. Okay, so it's big to me. Other people may not care. But a lot of companies, as you may have heard, are laying off staff. And this is happening at the big companies and small companies alike. Meta, Google, Twitter, but that was kind of a Twitter takeover. So it's unclear how much of that is because he took a new company versus all the other layoffs that are going on. But apparently, foreign workers on H-1B visas that were laid off by Meta have asked to stay on the company payroll in order to avoid having to leave the U.S. They don't want to go home. And, okay, I don't blame them for not wanting to go home. So what happens is if the they lose their job or their job ends, they're supposed to go back to their home country and they can get filed for by somebody else, but it can take a while and then they're just... They're in a dead spot. They're waiting. Versus if they're here and then they apply for another job and get it, they can actually slide over to that job and permission can be requested for them to have that job while they're actually already working it. But they've asked to be treated differently than American workers, which is to stay on the company payroll so they are not at risk of having to leave the country, but the U.S. citizen workers that are here aren't going to have the same benefit. Not have the same luxury. So why don't we just have a one-world order like these guys have been driving for? No borders. Just take all the borders down. You can move around. You can work wherever you want. Where do you think everybody would go to work? They would migrate to the perceptively best place there is at that time. Now, that could be the U.K., that could be insert country in Europe, that could be Japan, that could be United States, that could be Canada, that their perception of whatever the best opportunity is for them. And then what happens? I'm just curious what would happen if we don't have any housing and people keep coming to said location, but you can't stop them because you have open borders? Roger that. So how do, how does, how could... Two Navy ships in broad daylight in San Diego almost do a header and run into each other. We talked about that two weeks ago. I know. It's crazy. 
It's, and we still don't know. Did you figure it out? It was it like a uh, who's more macho? Yeah, the civilian, the civilian uh, pilot dude, I think was in the wrong. Oh, okay. Why do you think that the civilian was in the wrong and not the military? Military doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> really, really, the military doesn't make mistakes. No, especially so, boat captains. Okay, so since they don't, the military doesn't make mistakes, and it wasn't a mistake to have another water problem. On the USS Tripoli, but don't worry, it's been given the all clear for its water filtration issue for, and now cleared to go out to sea for its not having a problem. You know, they need to dive into these water makers and these water systems and fix these things. So I guess they're saying that the, the Tripoli's issue is notable and different for two reasons. And that is, unlike the USS Nimitz or USS Abraham Lincoln, the Tripoli did not have contaminated water. It struggled to produce enough clean water. And then again, unlike the other two ships, which have been in service for decades, the Tripoli is almost brand new. So, so they did, so just they didn't not do enough the, Didn't water. do the math. They did not do the math. I guess that's a better water problem to have than, than true contaminated, contaminated water. You just don't have any water. It's just, it's not contaminated. You just don't have any. You ever really listen to Elon Musk? On occasion, but not not too often. I'm more of a reader. I watched a 40-minute little sit-down with him overseas and him talking about renewable energies and how important it is to work on things so we can get away from fossil fuels. But he basically said we need more fossil fuels right now, much, much more. Then we can start figuring all this other stuff out and weaning ourselves off. And by that, he's talking about wind, solar, uh, battery storage, uh, things like that, and electric cars and trucks. Which are very important. And and I think that knowing knowing how we're going to handle the the item the bit of technology however you want to put it so just to your point on like evs so california has invested millions and millions and millions of dollars into getting evs on the road going electric we've been told over and over electric vehicles the way to go but they didn't have a plan in place for what to do with the waste when it goes when it's done so if you have uh, fuel in your car and you burn it, that waste goes into the air and then you put more fuel in the car and then you go. But with the electricity, although you're fueling up your tank and you're utilizing it as you drive, the waste of the batteries had not been solved. And they really didn't have a plan in place at all when they started saying everybody needs to have this vehicle. Just like the blades on the windmills. The material is such that there's no way to dispose of them. So they are stockpiled all over the world in big blade wrecking yards or junkyards. Thousands of blades because they time out after 20 years. So all these blades are timed out. Yeah, and in California's case, I'm not sure where they're putting the blades because we have a ton of them in our wind farms. But we also have 40% of the nation's electric vehicles. So we are creating a waste problem when we are saying that we are the green solution. Just ship them overseas to these little countries that mind it for us and we can just give it back. Just kidding. No. That's what we did with our trash. Well, it's what Hawaii does. They put it on barges. I believe they either dump it out in the ocean or they bring it to the mainland. Especially having over a million people living on Oahu. Got to get rid of it somewhere. Yeah. I mean, not enough of a dump there. No. Not enough space. Not enough space. So, on to a subject we've talked about before, which is the superintendent of Loudoun County. So, there was a case back in May during a, a school board meeting. It was brought up that there was a concern about a student who identified as female who was male and allowed to go into the female restroom and that it could lead to attacks or assaults 
etc. And then the superintendent and the school board, but mainly the superintendent said that that wasn't happening. There was no risk at the school that um, there was the risk was absolute zero and that there were no rapes or sexual assaults or anything like that. Well, a dad stood up and basically called them out for being liars because his daughter was unfortunately raped at a school campus and that that dad was let out of the meeting and he was called a liar. He was thrown, you know, to the the wolves, so thrown to, to the speak. Wolves. Yes. yes, and they, they tore him down and said he was a liar. Well, come to find out he wasn't a liar in his in fact his daughter was assaulted and in the meantime the school just shuffled this male kid who identified as a female, wore girls' clothes, used the girls' restroom. And allowed him to go to another school, and he assaulted another student. Well, all of that is going down. The kid is going through the legal system. But now the Loudoun County um, superintendent has been fired, and a grand jury um, has come back with charges for his lying falsehoods and attempting to cover up what was going on at the school because he put out that there was absolutely no assaults at his schools. So he he is being pursued and has been fired, at least a start of has been fired. But his quotes were, the predator, transgender student, or person simply does not exist and we don't have any record of assaults occurring in our restrooms. That was part of his lies. Did he, so he already knew that. He already knew at that time that it had it happened. It had happened and mm-hmm. he hit it. Yes. And that doesn't mean that all transgenders are like that, just at this particular one, yes? Correct. Okay. Well, there was another, I don't have the the... I don't recall off the top of my head what school it happened at, but there was another case of an individual who identifies as female who was born male in a female restroom, apparently got into a some sort of a disagreement with a fellow female student, a fellow student, and uh, apparently decided to beat the living daylights out of her. And while she was unconscious on the ground, was still assaulting her. So another student attempted, another female student attempted to step in, and then he turned on on that student. So he violently assaulted, and I'm saying he, um, but this transgender identifying individual violently assaulted other female students. And now I'm thinking, like, you have no safe space. You, there's been all this talk about safe spaces and needing safe spaces, but if you say, I don't feel comfortable with a biological male being allowed into my space, you're the one that is in the wrong, and you have to allow it, and now we are seeing assaults, and people have greater physical prowess, generally speaking, by by genetics, and you aren't allowed to have a problem with that well yeah interesting that only the safe space is only for them and not for you if you feel uncomfortable too bad so sad they feel uncomfortable fix it yes so you know that jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself right i'm not unsure about that (laughs) no but uh talking about jeffrey epstein 100 percent certain he did not kill himself So apparently one of his victims has claimed to have some of the missing sex tapes and the information was unsealed in court record, the statement, not the tapes. And so it included um, the deposition of one of the victims and the claim that she says that she has copies of it. And if you try to kill me, I have people who are going to release it. But it's pretty scary that they would release those statements and unseal them, but not the the evidence. Well, it's because they want them folks to disappear. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, he hung out with some pretty high profile individuals, including President of the United States Bill Clinton, and he had a membership at Trump's. Florida Gulf 
resort until apparently Trump kicked him out. But he was also hanging out with other high-powered individuals there. And if there are real tapes, the fact that they released her name... I mean, they said it goes all the way to the top, so a judge releasing the name or unsealing it really isn't that surprising no, that they would she, also... She says she has multiple tapes that have been spread all over the country to make all sure... All over the world. Or all over the world to make sure she has protection. I don't know how much protection she's going to have, but... Better just release them. Yep, let everybody know. Let everybody know. Just release them. So do you know didn't want to go into COVID, that unvaccinated people in the last two years got into more auto accidents than vaccinated people. Is that because they actually left their house? That is because they actually left their house to work and go do things. And it's a peer-reviewed study. People that were vaccinated, a lot of them actually worked remotely from home and did not go out. So it changed the numbers. It, it bent the arc so it looked like unvaccinated people were just getting clobbered by cars. And by the sheer numbers, they probably were. It just tells me that we can make our numbers say just about anything we want it to say. Roger that. And who looks at a study like that? What What's the point? Well, the point is... Scientists have to publish, so they'll publish on just about anything. In order to be relevant, in they have to, to keep In order to have relevance publishing. in science? Yes. Very in order to have relevance in science. Very interesting. Do you know who else is relevant in science? Who's that? Biden's nuclear spent waste officer. Well, is that the one that was just terminated? He was just terminated for getting charged two different times. Is stealing like women's luggage. I think they didn't do a very good job vetting this guy or this. Um, I think they didn't do a very good job either because he has all kinds of red flags that would say that you could potentially be um bribed. Well, I think they were excited because it was the first. What do they call that? Non-binary, non-binary nuclear to spent hold waste, a position yeah. and yada yada yada. Yeah. Yep. If the person's not qualified. They're not qualified. It doesn't matter who they are. Hire, especially in the nuclear field, hire the most qualified person for the job. Yes. But the government always isn't always out to make sure the most qualified person is there. No, they are not. And in some cases, the government is actually pushing to have a fiduciary responsibility removed from investment brokers. Why is that important? So normally, an investment broker, when they have a responsibility to let you know what the risks are, and if you're in, say, mutual funds and things like that, and you have a certain risk tolerance, that you say this is how risky I'm I'm willing to be or how not risky or I'm willing to be invested in fossil fuels or I'm not willing to be invested in fossil fuels. Generally speaking, when people are investing, they want to have the best return on their investment and a person isn't supposed to take advantage and try to get you into investments that may make them more money while it could potentially cost you. But now the government is taking away the fiduciary responsibility of an investment broker to aid climate investments that could be bad. So you could get pushed into green climate related investments that could actually be very terrible for you, but there's no longer the fiduciary responsibility to tell you about it. Nice. Fiduciary responsibility. Look that word up. You want the actual definition? Of actual definition of fiduciary responsibility. Okay. Fiduciary meaning, so, involving trust, especially with regard to the relationship between the trustee and a beneficiary. The company has a fiduciary duty to its shareholders. A trustee. 
uh, someone who manages money or property for someone and and fiduciary responsibility meaning would be when someone has a fiduciary duty to someone else the person with the duty must act in a way that will benefit someone else usually financially the person who has the fiduciary duty is called the fiduciary and the person to whom the duty is owed is called the principal or the beneficiary so now they will no longer have any responsibility or duty to the beneficiary with regard to investing in green energies. Nice. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, let's talk about when you attempt to do the right thing and it goes so wrong that you end up arrested. Not not you personally, you, but a Colorado school principal was arrested and accused of possessing child porn. So on the surface, that would be a lock them up and throw away the key. You you possess child porn. You get to go through this system, go through the courts. But apparently, the story is that the school principal was investigating a school texting case that took place on for his campus. So he was investigating it because he it came to his attention that um, some students were sharing explicit images around uh, campus. And so they found some photos on some of the students' phones, and they were saved into the disappearing photo app Snapchat. So worried that the boys in this particular case could delete the photos by logging into their Snapchat accounts remotely, this principal used his work cell phone to take pictures of the students' phones and then transferred them to a folder on the school server that very few people had access to. And then apparently once the police learned that the administrators had taken photos of the boys' phones, they arrested the principal when he was trying to gather the trying evidence to do the right thing. for the police. So apparently... Um, one of the factors in the case is that the district informed the police that they were investigating a tip regarding explicit images and that the principal and one of his colleagues, who is apparently was also facing charges, but the judge dismissed those charges against the, the colleague, they claimed they informed the police at the beginning after a parent emailed the school resource officer noting the concern of younger girls sending inappropriate pictures to others. And then the school resource officer did not respond to that. Then she contacted the principal who advised her to submit a tip through a confidential app that they use. So apparently a tip was submitted. The morning after the principal and the colleague followed up on the tip. And then the school resource officer had been covering for another police officer. So did not receive the tip right away. And then he requested that the principal send a written report of the incident, which the official, the principal, did. And then he defended himself. I cooperated. I did exactly what I was told to do, exactly what I've been trained to do. I gave my full report at the agreed upon time to the police officer once they did receive the tip and they were back at work. And now he is facing charges. What say you about our justice system? I say that we're kind of uh, skewed here on fiction versus fact. If this teacher or principal had no history of any of this stuff and they can go back in his logs whatever amount of time and there's zero, I would say what he is saying is absolutely factual or darn close to it. Yeah, I think that we're supposed to have a system of laws and we are supposed to work through said justice system but when it comes to things like this it is not working no, it is not correctly we- so i have two more things to talk about one is a bill that is on the table they are trying to pass to help deported veterans and non-citizen troops return to the united states so deported veterans would have an easier pathway to united state to the united states and non-citizen service members would have earlier opportunities to apply for naturalizations under a bill 
that was passed by the House. So it's called the Veteran Service Recognition Act, um, but it would also add more hurdles to deporting non-citizen veterans. And so we will see if it, it makes its way through the Senate in order to become law. But right now the prospects aren't that good because we're getting towards the end of the year. They're about to recess. Um, I kind of, I, I want those who serve to have the opportunity at citizenship. And in fact, when we were still in a state of war, which we haven't been for a little while now, that you only had to serve one day on active duty. So literally at boot camp, once you went to boot camp, you could actually start the process to naturalize. And they worked, USCIS worked very hard to make sure that individuals were um, availed to the possibility of naturalization. It sounds like that's a good thing on from both parties. Then It should be. Um, I have seen cases, though, where the people that they're trying to naturalize committed immigration fraud. And they actually joined the military in the hopes of basically H- skating by. Fraud. Yeah. And so I still think that it needs to be looked at, but I am not opposed to it. Well, of course, it should be looked at on a case-by-case basis. Uh, yeah, I personally interviewed and supervised cases where the individuals committed marriage fraud. There's even a sworn record in there where the the spouse says they paid me, they asked me to do it for them so they wouldn't lose, you know, so they could be here in the United States. And then the person just, like, ran and joined the military hoping that that would save them. Ooh, yeah. And as far as having more hurdles to deporting um, veterans, uh, I've seen some pretty bad cases. I'm not going to get into the, the particulars. And I feel like there's enough hurdles already. Absolutely. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's enough hurdles that if a really bad person's out there, they should not be naturalized and they should be booted from the country. Absolutely. Send them home to their country of so the second thing I wanted to, to talk about is January 6th. So we've talked a lot about January 6th and the evidence that's out there, the evidence that they wouldn't allow um, the defense attorneys to have, that they wouldn't produce in some cases. And in some cases they were going after people who merely were somewhere near the Capitol and not actually inside the Capitol itself. Uh, And then there are those who physically assaulted police officers. Some of it's caught on video, very clear as day, that you can see. Send them to jail. But there is apparently um, one of the cases going forward. There is a retired Special Forces soldier is being prosecuted. And Jeremy Brown has an explanation for most of the illegal items federal agents say they found when they searched his property last year while investigating his connection to the January 6th Capitol riot. His claim is that the government planted it. Planted evidence? Planted evidence that they found after January 6th. The FBI has never been known to do stuff like that. So this individual was asked to play ball with the feds and he refused and then the claim is then bad things happened and so a prosecutor argued that what happened was much simpler that brownie legally possessed two guns two hand grenades and several classified documents relating to sensitive military operations and procedures from his years of service but Brown is indicted, and there are 10 separate federal crimes, which include the possession of the unregistered firearm, destructive devices, etc., etc. So he has been incarcerated for more than a year while he's been pending trial, and they had some of the evidence tested, and with um, the different pieces of evidence... They have not found either his fingerprints or, or evidence of him. And in fact, they have evidence of other actors who were with the government or they claim are with the government um, that was planted. 
Now they're trying to attack the forensics. So that's the direction that they have gone in this particular case is to say that the forensic evidence that they are uh, presenting do not support that it was actually him well, or his. with the Russia collusion and all this other stuff that's coming to light, Adam Schiff's phony baloneyness. I, I would be very suspect, and I'm sure they have some legitimate stuff, but when you mix in your tainting of evidence and your lying, it doesn't make it right. Because I'm sure if there is video of these guys, get them on that. You don't have to worry about what's at their house. Get them on going into the Capitol building. Get them on hitting an officer. Give them a couple, three, four years in prison, in jail, whatever. Don't don't pull a CIA Kennedy type scenario. Oh, speaking of CIA Kennedy, has uh, just released that apparent ties to Kennedy's death, and that comes out, and it seems like no one's surprised. Just another day. Yeah, just another day. Well, it doesn't matter because all the principals involved are all dead. It's been sixty years. They can just sweep it under the rug. And I guess a person in the National Archives that has seen all the rest of the documents that haven't been released feels unequivocally that the CIA was involved, potentially his assassination. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.